What's up? Top, 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 go, my man. That's the Southwest Philly, Florida, man. Shout out to my cousin Burn. Shout out to my mom. Be away, all y'all, man. We out here, Southwest. The Southwest Philly, Florida. Alany fans, welcome to another episode of the Gold Standard, episode 62. In this episode, we are joined with Nick Matera, also known as Tom Gold 2.0. We are starting season four of the Gold Standard. You know, the season's a week away. We play Drexel next Tuesday. This is our fourth season? Fourth season, I feel like in the summer, we really made that impact having on, you know, the guests, you know, please check out if you haven't already, um, Dr. John, Cal Beers, Ashram Puri and Fran Dumphy, you know, we're making that senior swing, you know, we're in our senior season. We'll see if we'll get a little COVID season next year. <laughs> um, you know, I feel like hopefully like the team, I feel like, you know, start from the bottom. Now we're here. Um, you know, we're tiring that, you know, the goal of the last season, you know, there's a lot going on. Maybe the team, you know, make a special run this year. You know, I'm getting excited. That'd be great. Um, so there's a lot to talk about. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Um, first off, Nick, you have, you have, um, you have to follow up from the athletic director and Fran Dunphy. So you're, you're, you're next as far as guests concerned. So (laughs) kind of lofty goals here for you. Um, All right, so the pressure. What do you gone. think? Great. <laughs> yeah, 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 Love yeah. You, you got big shoes to fill. I mean, we honestly are are talking to you today because like, there's not that many people online talking about LaSalle basketball, and you've definitely separated yourself as like a a huge fan. You follow along as closely as we do, if not more. Um, it seems like you've got the pulse. So if, if it's only right that uh, you're you're joining us today, so so thanks for thanks for being on with us. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, so I kind of want to start out with um, on our last episode, we had Fran on, and one of the first things I asked him was, you know, breaking down the roster. And in that little clip, he said he'd play eight to nine guys. So I'm kind of curious, you know, I, I believe that it's going to be a combination of Brantley, Brickus, Gill, Shep, Rokas, Marrero, Tunde. And I'm just wondering – you know, who's going to fill those next two spots? Like, who do you think, like, how do you think the minutes distribution was going to go? I'll start with you, Nick. I know you were at that open practice. I'll let you start here. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you nailed the, the top six guys, right? I think there is a question if, you know, I think Gil starts, how many minutes he really gets to three, given mm-hmm. he's going to be another ball handler in there to basically take over Brickus or Brantley's role when they're out. Mm-hmm. But you know, in my mind, it, we all, I think we know Tunde's probably going to play. I think that's mm-hmm. why he's here in the first place. Um, he had a ton of offers. I don't think people realize how many offers he actually had. Um, and a lot of big programs tried to get in there last minute and somehow we scooped him. I think there's just some connections on the staff there. And then I think, you know, the eighth role, and I'll talk about him more. I, I think the eighth man is going to be Lucas Marcantino. Um, And the reason I say that is because his name has just consistently come up, Um, whether it was on the city of basketball love or the inquire, he mentioned his name. 
He also mentioned on your podcast, I think last week, when you followed up with him, he mentioned his name in the rotation. So it just lends me to believe that he's going to play. And when I saw him, he's a completely different player than he was when he walked, first walked into LaSalle. You know, he completely transformed his body. He looks like a good two-way player. Mm-hmm. How many minutes he actually plays is going to be the question. You know, I don't know if they're going to go real deep. I'm going to doubt it. I think they're going to rely on their top six guys to play yeah. 85% of those minutes. But outside of that, I, it's hard to make a case, you know, in terms of that seventh, eighth guy. It's, again, it's probably going to be Tunde or Mercandino, in my opinion, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious how the, the rotations are going to go. And I'm very curious who's going to play. Like, is F.A. going to play? Is Milos? I'm very curious the minutes they get. Um, I, yeah, I feel like there's still a lot to be um, determined. But I could be wrong. But in that open practice, did you get a feel of what the starting five would be? Yeah, I think it's it's pretty clear it's going to be Brickus, Brantley, Gill, Shep, and Rokas. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I feel like that's the consensus. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm always thinking about uh, when the guys get in foul trouble. Like, I could see if that's the case. Like, not only Lucas, we like these bigs are going to get in foul trouble probably, right? So, like, F.A. and Milos might get thrust into positions. Because they're, they're positions. young. Like, the, when you're young bigs, you get in foul trouble. And, like, they don't have a, like, the dramas right. or experience. They don't have um the big, what's the big guy's name? They, uh, oh, um, Ducore. They yeah, have, they don't have him. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. Like, these, yeah, we're all on the same page here that uh, I feel like our front court could see guys need to be thrust into the line of duty quickly that aren't, you know, mm-hmm. ready yet, like FA or, or some, you know, mm-hmm. Milos, who knows, like they, they could totally end up playing like 10 minutes for some reason, because our other guys are in trouble. Like, you know, the opposing teams are just going to be like attack, like drive to the hoop, draw fouls on Rokas. And like, yeah. Fran's going to have to work his magic and get these guys figured out. Cause we're, we're just not, I feel like we're just not that tall. Yeah, we're not. We're not. Yeah, we're absolutely not. They don't have depth in the front court, like other than Rokas. Then who are you? Who's going to come in? Exactly. Or um, Merck or Milos or uh, the other guy I said. Um, Yeah, Fa. It's going to be a committee. Like Like, I could see it being a committee for like number nine on like the big man. Like I'm, I'm nervous already about that. We can't like, let Rokas get in out? foul trouble. What were you saying, Rich? No, I'm just wondering how th- those minutes are going to get distributed. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. If Rokas gets yeah. in trouble, like he was saying on our podcast that he wants yeah. him to play 28 to 30 minutes. So if he gets in foul trouble and plays 20, who's who's filling that time in? Yeah. No. Yeah, we can talk about this a little bit later in terms of strengths and strengths, uh, strengths and weaknesses of the team, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the front court is definitely a concern. Yeah, yeah, they don't have the experience. Yeah, I, I don't know how I don't know how they're going to fill that time in. The only thing I'll add there is mm-hmm. even in the A10, there really aren't a ton of great bigs. You know, you have your Chad Bettings on St. Bonaventure. Mm-hmm. You obviously have Deron Holmes on Dayton. Um, you have your Neil Quinns on Richmond. Coincidentally enough, they both they beat St. Bonaventure and Richmond last year with sure. not a ton of talent in the front court. So it's important to have, but at the end of the day, the front court is 
just not the bread and butter with of the A10, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I feel like I haven't thought that far in advance. Like I know everyone's hyping up that dude Christ or Christ from for St. Joe's. Um, I think it's Christ. Yeah. It's Christ. Yeah, Christ. Yeah, like, yeah, sorry. I think it's pronounced Christ. Um, yeah, yeah he's insanely talented. Insanely. Yeah, yeah, allegedly. Yeah, <laughs> with Lang, just like, who knows? just like their whole team. Yeah, right. Everybody's there. I saw is amazing. Play, uh, I saw them play during that scrimmage. The kid is crazy good. He can play all five positions if he really wants to. As soon as he develops, really, his shooting game. But wow, will Lang figure that out? Yeah, TBD. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. All right. I want to move on. So I don't know if it was last week. I think it was last week they announced. Um, you know, preseason, you know, what every team's going to finish. And they had LaSalle at 15th. So I just want to know, you know, your personal expectations for the team. I'll let you start, Nick. And I, I, I've, I kind of want to say something at the end, but I'm curious. Let's start with you and then Dennis, and then I can go. In terms of personal expectations, I don't know if I really have any definitive expectations. I want them to be competitive. I want them to obviously win every game. That's obviously not going to happen, but – just thinking about what they returned, right? They still return 60% of this roster. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. guys in Shep and Rogus who are definitely going to be good A-10 players, and they're going to make strides. You know, I think people forget that this team lost, I looked earlier, four games by one possession or overtime and five by two possessions. Like, you flip those, you won 20 games, which is absolutely insane given the roster. So I just, you know, again, it's just about them being competitive, you know, be in the race, escape that pillow fight, and just try to finish between 7th and, like, 10th place, or actually is it 10th that's in the pillow fight? I'm always forgetting because they added a 16. Whatever the bottom 6 is would be the yeah, pillow so, fight. Yeah, so just finish between, like, 7th and ninth, and I'll be happy. Okay. The disrespect for Dunphy is so like I I just don't understand. It's like they're forgetting that we have a coach that can turn guys into like contributors and make a team that is thought to be, you know, mediocre a great team. Like I feel like he put things together so quickly last year. People are like ignoring that. You know what I mean? Like I uh, know I I agree with you. It's that's the craziest part here. Fifteenth means you have a new you have a new coach with new guys that have proven nothing. You have, like you said, 60% of the roster that is proven to make noise in the Atlantic 10 tournament. I mean, they, these, they're battle-tested, and Dunphy is battle-tested. I, I don't understand how we finished last. Like, I, you, you can lose half your team. If you have a good coach and a few decent players, you can you can make noise. I, I just I just don't understand that. I agree. I think that they'll – they I will be so surprised if they finish last place. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but I also don't think they're going to be, you know, top eight. So, like, I could see them either maintaining or, or doing the same, you know, doing a little bit worse than they did last year, but certainly not last place. I, I just I just don't see it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, like, I when, you know, I, that one article that came out by the kid, the one kid that um, I think he's from UMass, I had coming in 10th. And I want to... I feel like that's about fair. And like you said, I feel like everyone's kind of forgetting, you know, this team made it to the quarterfinals in the A-10 tournament last year. They bring back, I feel like, in my opinion, one of the best backcourts with Brantley, Brickus, and Gill. And then I feel like there's guys like Shep and Rokas and Marrero who can take a big step forward. I know they miss 
a big shooting. I feel like shooting is going to be a problem. I guess we can talk about that a little later. Losing Nickelberry, I don't know how great the shooting is going to be, but they're going to depend on Marrero to get him open shots. I feel like Shep, I mean, I feel like he, I feel like people forget like how huge he was. When he stepped in yep. the portal, how upset we were. We were like, oh my God, oh, we're going to lose him. And then devastating. we realized, yeah, we realized we got him back. I feel like people forgot like what kind of impact he can make. Like, I think they're going to be pr- like pretty competitive. I know there's a lot of question marks, but I feel like there's a lot of guys who still been in the program. I know maybe it's not, you know, sexy on paper. They didn't get anyone, you know, too like high of accolades from the transfer portal or no, like, you know, high recruit coming out of high school. But I feel like there's still a lot there and people, I feel like underestimate, you know, it's not great on paper, but when you have a guy like Dumphy who's been there another year, he's a full year in the program. He knows the strengths of his players. And I feel like he's going to put him in the best position. And he's probably, I don't know, one of the best coaches in the A-10. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of invaluable. And I would say they're going to finish middle of the pack and they're going to surprise some people. You're absolutely right. I'm with you there. And, and, you know, this is year two. Honeymoon phase could be over. We could be dead wrong here, but I I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I'm with you, Rich. I don't even think you're alone with that. I think almost any A-10 fan that actually watched the conference knows that they're not coming in 15th place unless something really disastrous goes on. Yeah. Like I don't I couldn't tell you the teams right now that would finish below them. Like I don't but like I found it like fascinating. Like Mason, they had some people had them sixth. I thought that was like really, really high. Like they lost their coach, they lost some of their best players. Like sixth is way too hot. But then again, I I, I haven't analyzed all the rosters like LaSalle, but I feel like that's a little too high. Um and I, I just don't because the A ten is so unpredictable. It, yeah, definitely going into the season. It, there's a little bit more continuity this year, given there wasn't a huge turnover in coaches. You know, mm-hmm. speak on the Mason front, be honest, I don't really think they lost that much in Cayman English. Yeah, he went to Providence, but I never thought he was a world beater, and they retained a good amount of that roster um, and added some really good players. I actually watched them play WVU, and I was, like, kind of blown away how good they looked. Okay. But it's an expedition. You got to take that with a, a grain of salt. But in terms of the teams are better than, like, they're they're better than Richmond. Um, they're probably better than URI. You know, we'll see what St. Joe's looks like. Everyone's hyping them up, but watching that expedition, it's again, like there's no system that's in place at all. Um, they have so much talent and it's funny. There's a couple guys that messaged me like West Pine Bill said, if Brian Duffy had this team, it's a tournament lock. So no, absolutely. That, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So there's a couple teams that are better than, I think just their backcourt again, it's, I already kind of said this before, but I don't know many teams that are better than them at the one and two. I think St. Joe's is with Lynn Greer and Reynolds. Um, I think Duquesne is with Day Day Grant and Jimmy Clark. But there aren't a lot of teams that are as good as them as a tandem that are going to play 35 minutes a game. Yeah, so I, I, I think agree, they're 15th place with a grain of salt because it's it's not going to happen unless something goes really wrong. Yeah, and then when you have a third guard like Gill, who's kind of a kind of gives him a different skill set, like he can get to the rim at will. And then it's a matter of you know finishing and um, you know, just being disciplined. Like, I mean, who has three guard? Like, they're three really good guards. I mean, I know, yeah, like St. Joe's probably can say that if you consider, I guess, Cam Brown a guard, and I mean, Duquesne's pretty deep too. But 
I mean, I'll take those three guards and then play against anybody. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, who who would you say is like the X factor for the team? I'm assuming you're asking me, Rich. Right? Yeah, we can we can go we can go we can go yeah. around. It obviously it has to be Shep. Yeah. You know, yep. it yeah. just has to be. That's what um, I was gonna say. I just don't think people. You guys already touched on this. People realize how good he was at the end mm-hmm. of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, and I looked up some of his uh, ratings and his stats. His analytical is like towards the end of the season, especially the second half. That's when he played, right? Yeah. He put up insane O ratings. He put up some of the best defensive rebounding numbers in the league. Um, he shot nearly 60% inside, which was top 10 in the conference. And people don't realize how good he is in at least that, at least when he was playing that role. Now, does, you know, more volume, you know, hinder those numbers? We'll see. I still expect him to be a freak athlete, obviously. Mm-hmm. Put up great numbers inside, be a good defensive rebounder. You know, I think this this what, what it comes down to is him making shots, and his shot does look significantly better mm-hmm. when I, based on what I saw. It's I an agree. open practice; you gotta take it with a grain of uh, salt. But overall, he looks better. And if you know, I asked around, I was like, "Who would you compare, basically, Deshaun Shepard's game to?" And someone that's playing the four and the eight ten, and a lot of people couldn't name them. The only guys I got were maybe a less athletic Samanega. Or who's on yeah. Davidson or was, or Philip Alston, but a little bit of a different game than Philip Alston, where he's just a bully. He's just an ox. So there isn't a lot of players that play like him. So if he's making shots, you know, he doesn't need to hit 45% from the three, but he needs mm-hmm. to hit like a good 36%, mm-hmm. hits those long jumpers and play good defense. And the rest he does well. Oh, yeah. So, you know, his, his turnover percentage, people would be surprised, is also really good. So, he just has a couple of things to work on. Again, it's just that shot. If he's making shots, then you know he is the potential to be a really, really good—not just a style player, but a ten player. Yeah, I was going to say agree. the same thing. Shepard was is my X factor far and away. Uh, we were talking about rebounding earlier in this podcast, and that's the biggest thing that stood out to me last season was how many times he affected the ball on a rebound. Either he got the ball or he controlled it, and or like I'm sorry, like tapped the ball away kept the play alive uh his vert is insane like he gets up so high he will out rebound our our teammates he will out rebound guys that are supposed to be in there to box out and rebound he'll get the board instead so like if we do have guys in in uh you know foul trouble with a little more size i'm i I still love as love our chances if shepherd's still out there because he can get boards just like anybody else, it's in, it, it was incredible how how like how easy he made it look sometimes, and 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 that's like the biggest piece. That's what Fran was talking about on the pod. He talked about that stat where it was like rebounds attempted, just just the possibility of of making the rebound. Like he's always involved. He's always in the mix. So more minutes should we're we're, we're looking at maybe like a double double watch like every every game like boards and points. Like I could totally see that happening. Um, yep. just with his verticality. So that's why I'm like, I just think he, he adds multiple layers and makes our team deeper just by himself. Like he alone can be a two-way player and, and do things that our front court can do and our back court can do combined. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say the same thing, but I think the more I'm just trying to, I guess, be different. Uh-huh. I, I think 
for me, the X factor is Rokas because there's a lot of small guys on the team. Like if they start, you know, those four guys, Brantley, Brickus, Gill, and Shep, they're all between what, 5'11 and 6'5. So to have a big guy to get points in the paint is going to be huge. They're going to be dependent on that because, you know, they're going to be fighting for jump shots and, you know, layups around the rim. I know Brick is, you know, likes to penetrate and kick or, you know, try to um, set himself up. But I feel like Rokas is big. His offensive game, him being, you know, the shot blocker, the big guy, like that's, I feel like he's going to play a really, really big role. Do we have like I secondary X factors? I was going to ask that. Like, who's your number two X factor? <laughs> like, yeah, it's obviously Rokas, right? I was thinking Marrero. You could, you could say that too. You could oh. say I, I agree. I could any of those three. I would say Marrero needs needs to be like our Nickelberry. Like Nickelberry, yes, exactly. And, and like, uh, I just haven't seen that yet. I know mm-hmm. he has the potential. And and the 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 bummer is everybody's going to be locked in on him, so he's yeah. going to have a target like that's your that's the shooter on the team, and like enough said, like he has to figure that out and fight through it and and play like Nickelberry. So I I would put him as my second X factor. Okay, no, I I agree. I would say it's any of those three. Like depend on the argument you make. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like. The next question, like how the minutes in the three, four, five be distributed. I feel like we kind of answered that. Like, mm-hmm. so if you're gonna have Gil, I don't yeah, I mean, I guess we can answer it. So if it's Gil Shep and Yokis in the three, four, five, say they get anywhere from 20 to 30 each, then I guess that means what? There's an additional 30 to 36. So where do you think those minutes go? Uh, I'm assuming they're going to try to get as much as they can out of the starting five. Obviously, mm-hmm. Morara is going to get a good amount of minutes at the three. Mm-hmm. Um, how many minutes that exactly is, I'm not sure. It's probably just yeah. going to all depend on matchups. But I'm assuming Mercandino, that's why I think he's going yeah. to play. I think he's going to slot in right at the four or five, and they'll go small ball. Maybe they'll even have Shepard at the five. Um, good. I don't know if I see – Correct me if I'm wrong with pronounce it's F.A. Efe. Um, I think it's F.A. 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 He looks really undersized right now, so I'm just not sure how much he's going to play in terms of even his minutes. Um, I think they'll just decide to go small ball and try to really up the tempo and force turnovers. Yeah. I had this thought earlier, and I'm curious what Dunphy will do in those situations, but I have a feeling he's going to press with when they go small. Because Brickus Brantley and Gill can do it so well, mm-hmm. um, especially because he'll be so limited inside, he'll just try to force turnovers and score in transition. Um, I, assuming Milos will probably play some minutes um, when they really need it for you know playing against like Bonaventure or uh, Richmond, who have those big guys where Rokas maybe gets in trouble, but. Um, I'm assuming again is Mercanino probably sliding some of the four minutes. The five minutes are just gonna have to go really small ball there and or just hope that Milos gives you a good five, seven minutes for times Rokas isn't able to play. Yeah. And then you have Tunde. Like when, yeah, I'm curious I, how many minutes he'll get. I I, I keep on forgetting about him. Almost. I was gonna say, what what do you guys think about him? Who does he mirror? Like I, I, I have no clue. Like who do you guys think he could be comparable to? Did 
Rich, did we at one point say like he could be like our Jack Clark? Did, I, we did was say that, that, but I feel like he's very raw. I feel like yeah. that was before, just like his body type before we like saw him in per- like before we saw him. Yeah, I don't know. I feel Mystery. like he's very raw. Yeah, I don't know what to expect from him. Yeah, okay, but I, I, have, I could see I, him yeah. making Go an ahead. impact. He's gonna play. He's a hundred percent gonna play, and I don't know how I forgot about him, but um, everybody's been hyping him up. You know, I had a couple of people reach out to me telling me they saw him in practice. He was the best player on the team. I was like, really. Uh, no idea. I yeah. I take it with a grain of salt because yeah, yeah, yeah. they can be as good as they can be in practice. Um, but as soon as they get on the court playing Division One basketball for the first time, you know, they're a deer in headlights and they yeah, don't know yeah. what to do and they don't know their role. And but I'm assuming, you know, like trying is he to remember a three or four. On, is he a three or a four? I'm assuming he'll play both. I, but I'm yeah. thinking he's more of a three. But mm-hmm. It, I think some people would argue with me with that. Some people don't think Rokas is a five, and I kind of agree with that. I think he's more of a stretch four, but yeah, we don't have another option. Yeah, we don't have another option. Yeah, yeah, have another option. <laughs> um, I think, like, best case scenario, if Tunde can play like a drama, like that's icing on the cake this season, right? Like, he's a complete mystery. So if he can contribute in any way, like, it can even be in the second half of the season. I'll give him that. Like, let's let him grow yeah, a few like, games. Like, um, I don't know. Like, can he? Can we expect like that type of defense? I don't like they play pretty good. Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to compare him to somebody. Yeah. 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 Just trying to, you know, yeah. That. So it's different. I don't know. I don't know what, who to compare him to. It's hard because we haven't really seen him play yet. We'll have a better idea when we actually see him play. He can only get something from a YouTube video playing wherever. Yeah. But, you know, he's going to play, and he definitely has a higher ceiling than the drums, twins. Oh, I agree. I, agree. Um, yeah. I don't know what he can do defensively. Um, his no. shot looks pretty good. Um, he hit a good three when I saw him play. Um, okay. But, you know, we'll just have to see how he performs. I know they're all hyping him up. He's definitely the most hyped player I've heard of in the last four or five years. I don't know if you guys would agree with that, but I haven't heard about them hyping up a player mm-hmm. like this in a while. And Duffy's never going to do it. It's just the name of his game, but other people are hyping him up that I just haven't really seen before. Okay. I mean, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I don't know how to compare it from prior years. Like I know they were saying like, there's like the best guy was like Rokas. And then we saw him and, you know, Brantley was kind of highly regarded. So I don't know how to stack them up, but if you're, yeah. I mean, I feel like you are, like, I forget the offers that Brantley had. I know Oklahoma state and Georgetown, I think, but um, I mean, yeah, that's saying something. Yeah, it, it's going to be fun to watch this guy regardless. Like, I, we, com, complete mystery to us. So we all get to see first game what it's like, what he's like, and, and we get to watch him develop. So that's probably what I'm looking forward to. Like, when we talk about the team as a whole, it's like he's the ultimate yeah. mystery. I'll guarantee we're talking about him at one point during yeah. some stretch of games where he puts up some insane figure. Love it. Can't wait. Yeah. All right. Um. I feel like we kind of like touched on this. Like, what would be the strengths of the team, weaknesses? And I feel like it's, you know, the backcourt versus like the, yep. I guess you can say like the strength is going to be the backcourt, their guards. Um, I guess the quickness kind of pushing the pace, like that's what they're going to have to do. And the weakness, I would say, you know, is in that front court. I'm curious, you know, how they're going to do rebounding the ball. Um, and I feel like they kind of lack shooting um on the surface like i don't know how many three-pointers they averaged last year if but i don't see 
I'm very curious what the number is going to be. Um, yeah, what are your guys' thoughts? Um, I think one, the most important strat this team is going to be fundamentals. Uh, it's just okay. with dumpy teams, they're not going to f- commit a ton of turnovers, they're mm-hmm. not going to take a bunch of bad fouls. Um, they're going to take quality shots for the most part. You know, they're going to crash the boards at least with some intent. Um, it's probably the most important thing. That's what kept them in games. It's just the fundamentals there. Like they're not, you know, making bad mistakes um, yep. as you would see that you'll you will see with like a team like UMass. They're real young. They're going to make a ton of mistakes just because of the nature of the game. With having a super young team, this team isn't really that young. It has a ton of experience and. You're hoping that that you know with Dumpy coming back and what they've learned, especially the second half of the season, we all saw they were a way different team. Analytically, they're way better in terms of second half to the first half of the team or year. Um, but hopefully, fundamentally, that they're That's there. True. Yes, and then, yeah, and defensively, Duffy keeps bringing it up. Like he's really going to push these guards to be defensive aces. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's Brantley, Brickus, and Gill, and Brantley and Gill have both put up really good numbers whether it's steal percentages or what, um, they're going to be able to force turnovers and, and make good plays. The shooting, I, I go back and forth with, you know, I think Nickelberry leaves a huge hole. Mm-hmm. If he was returning to this team, oh I God. probably would be delusional with my take. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, you think about their starting five, right? All those guys, to some extent, can shoot. Last year, you didn't really have that. I didn't love the Jerome's offensive game. I love their intensity. The I love the way they were, you know, how good they were defensively. Yeah. But at times they made either poor decisions defensively <laughs> or took bad fouls or took bad shots. Yeah. And I just think they're really good. Again, I'm not taking anything away from them defensively, but offensively, I feel like they limited them. You know, they weren't no, great shooters. Um, and now you're going to have, if Marara's in there and you have Brickus and Brantley, in my opinion, that's a better backcourt than it was last year because one, Brickus is going to be forced to take more shots and he's yeah. going to make them. There yeah, was too many times shooter. where he was, he would sit there on the perimeter and I would scream at him sometimes. But you got to take the shot, dude. You're yeah, wide open. I agree. He needs to be more aggressive on offense. I've said that all the time. Yeah. He loves to pass first and he's very smooth. He needs to look for his own more because I feel like there's not a, many better options than, than him out there. He is so and, elusive. And you saw it. The second half of the season, he was taking way more shots. Yeah. And he was – especially if Brantley wasn't really hitting them, he was hitting them. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're going to have to hope for, that when one of them's down, the other one steps up, vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, if Marar is hitting a good 36 to 40%, it kind of fills that gap in terms of Nickelberry to some point. And then Rokas can hit a shot, and if Shep's hitting shots – I go back and forth with it because it's completely unproven, right? We haven't seen it, but there's a possibility they're a better shooting team this year than they were last year. But a lot of things need to come together there. Yeah. I, I would tap yeah. shooting as a weakness just as of right now. Yeah. They have to prove it, right? They have to prove it. So that's exactly. my that's my weakness for sure. <laughs> the strength is just the, our ball handlers. Like, I don't think we're going to see – he, he preaches this. I just don't think we're going to see a lot of turnovers um, at, from from our guards. Like from R three, I know like Anwar might yeah, do it a little I, bit, but like <laughs> I could see the guards preaching that and and controlling. Like I know Jameer and Khalil, they are so good at protecting the ball and making the right play, and and it's up to the guys to finish. They they put everybody else in a really good position to succeed. 
and and it's mainly because they don't turn the ball over. So I like I just think that those those three are my strength. Like from a from a turnover perspective, that's that's what they preach, and that's that's it's simple. But I just when they're when the ball's in their hands, I don't, I don't really have to worry too yeah. much. So, um, all right, I feel like some of this stuff we already answered. Um, all right, I'm gonna go jump to that one. What is your personal like ceiling? For the for LaSalle. Um, what has to go right um for that prediction? Um a lot has to go right. <laughs> um you know, I, personal ceiling is they can be I'm not saying top four, but they can be the five, six seed. You know, a couple of things that have to go right is one, the fundamentals have to be there. Two, the shooting's gotta be there. They're gonna have to hope that Rokas and Shep are both better A-10 players. If not, one is a always all-team um, all caliber player. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, if they get some depth, that'd be great. But I don't think it's a must. Um, again, it's fundamental shooting and just defensive effort that they're going to have to hope that they get to their personal ceiling, which would be probably, you know, anything outside the top four. I don't know if they're going to crack that. I think Yeah, that'd be really impressive. Higher. Yeah. One thing that kind of can go their way is that they just kind of luck out with these matchups, mm-hmm. being that you know maybe URI is really bad and UMass is really bad. That's um, true. Pinto's the train wreck. I'm kind they of played GW on that. twice too. What's that? They played GW twice. Yeah, and GW that, them G- as well. Yeah, because they're not. I mean, I know they they lost a lot of guys. I know they stole Bishop. James Bishop they still lost. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, they got a good coach, and I think yeah, they'll figure right. it out. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, like you got to hope that like three out of four of those teams are pretty bad and they can beat. That could beat happen. Both of them. That could happen. And it could. You know, again, I go back to last year. Yeah, they finished what seven and eleven. Mm-hmm. Four of those games were decided by two possessions. They flipped those. They're eleven and seven, which is insane. Yeah, that is insane. I'm I'm thinking that uh, my ceiling's just finishing the same way they did at the A10 tournament. Mm-hmm. Maybe I I felt like we could have beaten Fordham if if a few things went our way. And we'll be in that. I just want to be in that position next season. I want to be in that same position next season, mm-hmm. whether it's against Fordham or someone else, where we're on the verge of the semis for for the A10 tournament. Like I, I feel like we we get better as the season goes on, right? I feel like this team was pretty shaky at the beginning of the season, and uh, they figured it out, and that's what that's what I expect this season as well. Um, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, if they're top six or top five in the conference, that's that would be crazy to me. I I feel like. It's. I feel like it's too crazy for me to consider as a ceiling. It would be like, I'd be blown away. I'd be. I'd be so happy. So I don't know if I could call that my ceiling. That'd be like through the ceiling, but yeah, my ceiling is yeah, making a, the same noise in the A10 tournament. That's a better way to word it. When I say personal ceiling, it's like what is, is the absolute max that they're going to reach? Yeah, um, yeah, that would be awesome. So many things have to go right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna say I would say like top six. But I mean, there's a lot, like you said, a lot of stuff has to go right. And yep. I feel like last year, like the non-conference, he kind of used it as like a preseason. And you know, like this year, the you know the non-conference is no joke. You know, no playing at Duke, playing at Miami. You know, possibly you know Villanova. I mean, I feel like it's a rare, maybe St. Joe's again. But there's a lot of good tests. I mean, Drexel start the season. I think they're what in the Kempom top 140 or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of good tests. So if he can get that team rolling and ready to go by the time conference play is going, 
and he has these kind of roles established. I think he like he's going to need a lot out of that top six, top seven. If you include Tunde, I don't know what you know what he'll be, what his like what he'll be, um, you know, but you know his upside is huge. So, I mean, I really like the you know, the core they have. Um, you know, they played together last year together. So another year we'll see what happens, but, um, I mean, I'm definitely, you know, excited and see, I'm um, excited to see what, you know, they're going to do. Drexel is going to be a good test. Yeah. That's they're they're going to be pretty good. Uh, I, a lot of people are talking about Charleston and colonial, but Drexel returns, I think like 90% of their team and they won 18 games last year. I think, Rich, you're right with that. They're I think they're even higher than the top 140 because Torvik had them, I think, almost top 100. So, okay, okay. I thought it was like, was it 107? I forget. I just wanted to like, yeah, take it's my it's something up there for a Colonial team. So they're definitely the top three in that in that conference. So they'll be a good test. And we, I think we lost them in overtime last year. I think that's the team. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That was we were up big. I think we were up two. Um, what was I gonna say? Okay. Um. All right. If I get ahead myself, um, I don't feel like counting all the games. I was well, gonna say, Rich, I I would love to talk record, but I'm like, I'm trying to do I, the math in my head. Yeah. We try to, to say like, what is your conference record? Why don't we just go down the line each game and just we Wait. each say win loss? All of us? I don't know. All right. Let's, let's that do. feels easiest. All three of know. us, and we'll just take majority. <laughs> If you're slide. if you're if you're keeping record here, all right, we have it on a recording. <laughs> okay, Drexel, loss, loss. <laughs> all right, damn it, I'm outnumbered. Um, Northeastern win, win, win. Um, Bucknell, win, win, win. Southern Indiana, win, win, win. They better win. Duke, loss, loss. big win. <laughs> uh Coppin State win. win win Temple loss loss I'll say win just for fun so we don't we we avoid the third uh the early game at the Big 5 classic Loyola Maryland win 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 at Lafayette win because they're avenging that awful loss last year where they lost but like, that was horrible that's a good point I'll go win. Win. All right, uh, win. Yeah. <laughs> um at Miami, loss. Loss. Yep. Loss. Um, does Rosemont count? Yeah, they count, but not right. really. Win. But it's a win. Yeah. Um Howard. <laughs> win. Win, yeah. Um versus Mason. Loss. I, right. I yeah, loss for me. Loss at Fordham. Loss. Loss. Yeah, loss. At UMass. Win. Win. Yeah, let's do win. Versus VCU. At home. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say win. I don't know what this new coach is. I'll say loss. Right, Ryan's really good, but they're have a ton of injuries right now. Uh, I'll whatever win. <laughs> Ooh, okay, okay. At Joe's MLK Day. Uh I'll say loss. I'll say win. 
Uh, I'll say loss. Okay. Um, versus Dayton. Win. Oh, ooh, here we go. I'll say loss. I'll say loss. <laughs> you got to haunt them. They hate us, so it's great. Yeah, that's true. It's not late enough in the season, though. What's your – wait, you're the rubber match. What do you say? Dennis, what did you say? I said loss. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, at GW, win. I'll go loss. I'll go loss too. Um, at Rhode Island, I'll say win. 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 Uh, versus Joe's, win. 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 Versus St. Louis, win. 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 <laughs> at Richmond. Win. Win. <laughs> uh, yeah. Win. Okay. At Davidson. Loss. Loss. Win. That's the loss. Uh, versus UMass. Win. Win. Loss. Versus Bonaventure. Loss. Loss. Win. Versus <laughs> Rhode Island. Win. Win. Yeah, yeah I'll say win. Um, at Duquesne, loss. I'm thinking loss. Versus GW, win. I got to win. At Loyola, win. I'm gonna say loss. What does that What does that amount to? Where you? What did you say, Nick? I'm gonna say loss too. All right. One, two. I, I don't know where I did my. I don't know where I started. We can always refer back to it and tweet it out. <laughs> I think that's it. All right. So the non-con, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's we just eight, nine, nine. Eight and four, nine con, eight and four non-con. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. Eight and four non-con, nine and nine con. Yeah. That so, would be awesome. 17 and 13. If I did that right. If I did, if we have 30 games, I, I think I did that right. We didn't talk about the Big Five Classic, right? So, no, we didn't choose that game because we don't know who we're playing. Yeah. Well, I think we said we were losing both of those, but whatever consolation game we would play. Oh. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It does count, whichever one it is. So, okay. Do we include a win against Penn? No, because we <laughs> said loss or whatever. Yeah, whatever. let's do that. Let's do it. <laughs> so does that mean 9 and 4 non-con and 18 and 13? Yeah, so what's the final record that we've all decided? If you include a win against Penn, if because we lost the Drexel and Temple, so we're playing Penn. Or, yeah, it would be 9 and 4 non-con, 19 and 13. Oh, no. Yeah, really? No. Yeah, 18 and 13. 18 and 13. Okay. I think we're delusional, but that's okay. Yeah, that's a little little Sounds like ceiling talk. Yeah. I think we're talking about the ceiling right now. That'd be awesome. That'd be fantastic. Their 8 10 schedule, like, is light. So it is light. Well, that's if these teams aren't good. Like, I'm counting on UMass to be real bad. So, but they're playing like the Dayton's, the VCU's, the St. Louis's. Uh, Who's the other one? They're playing a lot of them at home. Like they're playing yeah. 
Mason, VCU, Dayton, St. Louis, and Bonaventure all at home. Like that's kind of they've yeah they're yeah their schedule is very light. Speaking of home, like we our first four games are at home, okay. Then we go to Durham, North Carolina. Then we have four four like we only leave the state of Pennsylvania twice in non-con. We only go to Florida and and Durham, North Carolina. The rest of these games are in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. It that's really nice for like that's like I know we said this is a tough non-conference schedule. Like, we we should be able to get a lot of wins at home, or at least we could make some noise. Like, I I, I like yeah. the comfort level here. We don't travel far, and I think that that happened during Ashley Howard's first two seasons. I yeah, forget which seasons they were. Like, like a lot of them. It was weird. Like, we just don't travel. But I'll take it. I mean, we get to see a lot of basketball in the area at Temple Big Five Classic. We're going to Durham. And you know we 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 can maybe go to Miami. I mean, honestly, the rest of these yeah. games though are, uh, I feel like they're just winnable in the sense that we're in the comfort of our own gym. Yeah, we're in Philly proper. We're probably gonna lay an egg some point yeah. during yeah. this part. The ceiling argument, when we talk ceiling, like that's a good argument, is that we got a lot of home games or a lot of Philly games. Yeah, so. I mean, we put too much fluff in there. I'm not mad about because like this is the way I think Belk Report always kind of hashes this out, but like this is what you want as a schedule. You want like these cupcakes at home where you can pad your stats in order to increase the net. I can go on a whole tailspin uh, about the net ranking, but that's what you want. And then you want these games that are going to give you quality opportunities. Drexel's going to be one, Duke's going to be another, Miami, obviously. And they're like, you know, that's three good opportunities we're not even going to talk about anything like that, but that's what you really want, at least to boost your net. So you can just crush these coping States. Um, yeah. You know, Bucknell's supposed to be 339 Southern oh Indiana, 355. <laughs> uh, yeah. Coping State's supposed to be the worst team in college basketball. So, you know, if we lose to one of those, we don't have an exhibition game. We did not have one. So this kind of feels, there feels like a few exhibition games thrown in the middle of this non-conference. They had a secret scrimmage, and I've been trying to figure out who it was, but I have not heard anything. He keeps such a tight lid over in terms of that that you can't even figure anything out. Yeah. But they played somebody, assuming someone local. <laughs> yeah. You know how um, it goes, the secret yeah. scrimmage yep. life. Um, so I kind of – I feel like I asked this already, but um, or before I ask that, I guess I'll end on that. Will there be any uh, all-conference accolades for the Explorers? Uh, if so, who? It all depends where they finish. If they finish fifteenth, fourteenth, no. Um, even no if like, what, even if Brandley averages like twenty a game, no. It's just they just like don't the way they reward it. Yeah. It's just like why yeah. they one player to year last year is because they came in first place. But, you know, if they finish mid-pack, you know, that's going to be because Bradley played exceptionally well. Like, he selected, I think, second team all-conference. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like he is yep. he is an all-conference caliber player. He was mm-hmm. last year. Um, he probably got some votes, but just missed it. Um, I shouldn't say just missed. He probably was maybe fourth or fifth down on that list. But he should, if they win enough games and they finish, let's just say, 
11th and up, they'll get Brantley should be there. Yeah. And Shep does have the potential if they're really good and we're, you know, somehow come to that record that we came to, you know, they'll have, they have to have a second player on a all conference team. Like you're not finishing 19 and with 19 wins or 18 wins. I can't remember which one we came up with with two all conference players. Yeah. It's such a shame that the highest we've reached is sixth man. (laughs) When it comes to like, right. Am I right in that? I feel like I I, I just thought of something else. Like, it's like, what was I going to say? All I get, all we get is six minutes. Oh, I, I had something else kind of, I don't know. This is kind of a side thing. Um, oh, This is kind of a side but, thing, but go ahead. Yep. To answer your question, yeah, it hasn't been since Janini um, that we've had an all-conference player. All right. I have a, I have a trivia question. Um, This is like really random. So Jameer Brickus, I think is 208 points away from, being a thousand point score. So can you tell me who was the last LaSalle player to get a thousand points and who was the last like four year player um, to get a thousand points is the, the first one Pookie. Yeah. Okay. But you're talking. So Pookie obviously was Pookie was a journeyman. He went everywhere. Right, he he came from. Yeah, he was he was only from Memphis. I think he was Memphis. And he okay, just yeah, Memphis. No, but, yeah, but he got a thousand. He was he got a thousand points with LaSalle. But you're you're also asking who got a thousand points strictly at LaSalle? They didn't leave, or come from somewhere. Yeah. Um, Tyreek. Has to be soon. Has to be like Tony Washington. I don't think he got a thousand. Think. Oh, it wasn't these got 984. Jordan Price came from uh, uh Auburn. Auburn. Yeah, a lot of these I'm thinking of transfers. Omar Stokes is the first one that passed my mind, but I don't think he, he put had, up he enough had 860, points. 868. Ah. Okay. I think it. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm thinking 2013, dude. I'm thinking like Sweet 16. I think it's Jarrell. Yeah. Jarrell, right? Yeah, it yeah. has to be. Or yeah, or Steve They were the only one players left wow. of that team. It's Jarrell. Isn't that crazy? It's yeah. been 10 years. That's insane. Yeah, that's insane. Now I understand why they don't give us all conference. Like these, like we we just have a cohesive unit. There's it's it's hard to get a guy at LaSalle that just stands out to the extent of BJ Johnson, Jordan Price. Like those guys. I don't know if we're ever going to get another guy like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, but even like building these guys, like mo- it's, it's rare, you know, with the co- the transfer portal, all these guys are homegrown guys. Yeah. Like Brantley, they're all like, there's no trans, like there's no, right? There's no transfers on this team. That's admirable. There's none, right? They're all homegrown guys. And that's so rare to me like right now but that's you know that's the way it's rare to see that um yeah, i didn't think like we were saying last year about the senior day um i mean yeah i mean i feel like that's the way you build it but um you know i know the transfer force changed things but i just thought of that and don't um, wants him to stay don't yeah. keeps him he's a good yeah. guy you run through a, a wall a brick wall as brantley would say yeah 
that was so cool. And that just, uh, yeah, I think this program's in a good direction. Like that, the goal was to stabilize it. And if you have guys that have not left this program yet, you're stable. Like we are stable. You know what I mean? Homegrown equals stability. Yeah. Um, um, all right. I've all right, So let's end it on this. I know I talked about this, but what makes this season a success in your opinion? Let's go around. Go ahead, Nick. Dennis, it's funny you mentioned that because that's a, for this question, I literally said stability. I was like, <laughs> you just have to have stability. And so we can at least, obviously we have new arena coming. So we can mm-hmm. at least, what's the word, advertise our program and show, okay, mm-hmm. like we're stable. There's exactly. potential with the program. We need someone obviously to fill for end up issues. Um, when that happens, we'll see. But that's like my hope is stability. I think that's the most important thing. You're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah, you no, should, yeah. That's it. On the same it's page. Very simple. Uh, you mentioned recruits and stuff like that. This, this program had a lot of uncertainty around it for far too long, far too long. So I think that there's building blocks here and and we're going to see the fruits of that. I think this next off season will be pivotal from a recruiting standpoint, but I like our chances of maybe getting somebody that, we wouldn't be expecting, you know, or, or like, you know, when they hear that arena news, when they see the leadership in place and I mean, you're, we're ignoring, like we have Joe Mihalik, like he's a legendary coach in his own right. Like every, he's the most lovable guy, he's on, great that, guy. on that staff and, and the rest of the team just looks very cohesive right now. So if I'm a recruit, I, I'd seriously consider this, this school, even though we have a gym that's old, but you know, the news is, it, it's out there. We're, we're going to be building something here. So like, I, yeah, I, I agree. Stability, stability is key. And I think we're stable. I think we're currently stable and we get to see somewhat of an upward trajectory. Like we get to see, even if they finish, you know, 500 or a little below 500, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like I, if we finish last in the A10, yes, we can, we can talk about the concerns there, but as a whole, as a program, as a whole, I still like where we're headed. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you guys. Like, I was thinking more like I'd like for them to, you know, make it at least where they made it last year, make it to the quarters and the A-10s. But like you said, having, you know, going from, I forget what they finished, if they were 11th, but maybe they make ninth this year. Yeah. And then they return all those guys. And, you know, they're a fun team to watch. And maybe – you know, Brickus and Gill come back for their COVID years to start, you know, um, what's the name of the arena? John Glazer. The John Glazer Arena. And they, you know, they're able to attract these Philly kids. You know, they're able to keep kids, get recruits in their own backyard and not have to go overseas. You know, I feel like that would be huge. You know, some kids like, oh, you know, I want to play LaSalle. I want to be that, you know, part of that first class play at Glazer. Like that would be yeah. really cool. Um, so I feel like that, you know, like you guys said, and I feel like I just, you know, touched upon it a little bit more. Like I would say that would make it a success in the, in uh, my opinion. Um, anything else? I feel like we kind of tied a bow on it pretty much. I mean, this was great. I mean, yeah, can't believe that was like an hour. No, I feel like we could all talk. We could all talk a lot about explorers basketball and we'll have to do another episode soon. Like I feel this is a good preview. Oh yeah. I think this is our best preview ever. Like, yeah, <laughs> Nick, you've been you've been great with this stuff. You have any other thoughts on the team? Do you have any other things? It, it could yeah. be totally off the wall. Anything whatever. You want to plug. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Do you guys think Duffy returns next season? It's a great question. 
Yeah, I think so. I'm almost say yes. I'm almost, I'll say yes. If it, he didn't, he didn't, you know, come back from retirement for just to leave in two years, right? Like that sounds crazy. I, I don't think he does it. I think he. I don't know. I thought he's still got the passion, and the energy for it. Uh, yeah. I, I think he's still got. I think he's still got it. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Well, he definitely does. It was crazy. I was going to tweet this out. He went from the A10 tournament to go see Harkin play. Like that's. I wouldn't put in a day like that. That's a 14 hour day. And he's how old? So, like, if anyone has any questions about his work ethic or doesn't have enough juice in the tank, that's definitely not a question. But, yeah, I think he returns. And I'll say I think next year will be his last year. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't – it's all gravy, right? It's all, like, icing on the cake to have him any more years forward is just, like, that much. Like, I'll just be even happier. You know what I mean? I'll I'll consider it, like, a bonus or not even a bonus. Just, like, like, I'll be happy. I'll just be happy. So, but we're in good hands. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, Rich, you got anything else to say? Um, yeah, I'm gonna say that. Um, you know, we were at um practice on Friday, and I really like the direction the whole school is going in. I feel like they've been very, very welcoming. And I feel like that starts with leadership with Alan, Dr. Allen and with Ashwin and Dumphy. I feel like they're very open-minded and they want to get everyone involved. And I feel like this regime is so much different and they're really willing to put in that work. And I've seen it and I really appreciate it. I feel like it's a breath of fresh air and I feel like you need those type of leaders to grow into, you know, the new, you know, generations, um, uh, of explorers and i really like what i see so far and um i'm you know excited for the basketball season excited for you know the university i really like um you know what they're doing so far yeah i think they're really making an investment in the fans rich we've been to so many games have we ever been to a practice like private practice like no right we've never yeah, done like, that that was really that was really cool right that never happened so that just shows you that this this team and this program is is willing to reach out to you yeah, the you fans mm-hmm. right like they care. They're really, they're, they're, don't even hesitate. If you're a LaSalle basketball fan, reach out to anybody on that staff, Oshwin, anyone, and just say, Hey, I would love to just stop by and talk with the team or talk with Dunphy or, and they'll, I they'll probably oblige. Like, I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't want to yeah, overpromise. Like they, they let us interview them. So, I mean, they, yeah, they care. And, you know, if you care, like they care. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff, guys. That was awesome. Thanks again, Nick. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. That's it for this episode of The Goal of Standard. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at The Goal of Standard and uh, give us a nice review on podcast, whether it's Spotify or Apple. Um, Also, make sure you guys are letting us know if you want to hear anything more. Um, Give us your feedback. Let us know if you guys are going to be making a road trip on any of the road games, not during the non-con unless it's Durham. I mean, there's not many options here, but uh, also if you're coming to Tom Gola, like we'd love to see you at the arena. This will be the last year of the Tom Gola arena. So we got to make it count before it transforms. Um, Looking forward to that. But Rich, I guess it's time to say it's a great (laughs) day to be an explorer. Fight on.